Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation and I'm your host. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, the rest of them, you probably know. Anyway, let's get right into the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song. You just heard he sang it with his wife, Sarah Cohen, that he will sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of this program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos does my website, JackieCation.com. There are many ways to support the show if you wish to support the show. First and foremost, and probably easiest, would be to review the show on iTunes. Tell friends about it with your face. Uh, those are the ones. Uh, then you, the next thing that doesn't cost any money, you can use the Amazon banner that is on both dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com under support the show or at the top bar. And all you do is use that as a portal, the Amazon banner or the Amazon link to get to Amazon, order as normal, and it doesn't cost you extra. Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback. The next thing you can do, PayPal button. That's right. PayPal button is just a way to directly uh, give the Dork Forest money. You can donate uh, monthly. That'd be 10 bucks a month would be a hundred dollars uh, a year, which is what bands tell people to give them. And so that's what I tell people to give me because in November and December, I tell you not to donate instead, find a food bank. Anyway, if you want to donate monthly, I have not made that easy. You'll have to remember every single month that they're, that you like the show. So do whatever you want there. You, some people don't like PayPal and have begun to Venmo me money. That is acceptable as you can well imagine. Other than that, on JackieCation.com, there is merch. If you would like a Dork Forest t-shirt or a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirt or one of my stand-up albums, my stand-up DVD or a stand-up t-shirt, um, they are all at JackieCation.com in the store, in the merch page. All the t-shirts are 100% cotton, pre-shrunk. They are union-made here in the United States of America. So they run a little big because they're made by Americans. And you can order those. Shipping is included. You can get the CDs and DVDs, um, hard copies on my website. Everything's available digitally. You can get them at iTunes and Amazon. And the DVD you can get streaming at ComedyFilmNerds.com on their download page. The name of my DVD special is This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux. That is available as a video or as an audio. Okay, I have a new album. It is called I Am Not the Hero of This Story, and it was number one on Amazon and iTunes and number three on Billboard, so I'm very proud of it. You should go and get that. I am not the hero of this story. You can listen to everything on Pandora, Spotify, and Amazon Prime if you have those things. And um, come and see me live. If you want to know more about it, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Jackie Cation or Snapchat or Instagram, all the things. Or you can just go to JackieCation.com and check out my schedule. Enough is enough. Let's get into it. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room, you guys. It's uh, And I'm here. You know, so we uh, have met. But I uh, have not seen enough of your stand-up, but you're a San Francisco guy, so guess what? You get a pass. <laughs> Is that, that's a good rep to have? It's a, it's a pretty good rep. Sal Kalani. Sal Kalani, you guys. S-A-L-C-A-L-A-N-N-I. It's at that, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. On Twitter, probably Instagram and Twitter, Snapchat. Instagram, Facebook. A, I keep them the same all across the board. Excellent. So, uh, and it's salkalani.com. 
That's of Italian descent? Am I, am that I getting is, that, that right? That is of the Italian descent. Uh, <laughs> Sicilian, to be specific. Oh, that's uh, Sicily. Uh, so the boot, The right? boot. It's right oh, off the, the boot? Yeah, the island that, uh, that everyone jokes the boot is kicking. Right, which right. Uh, should have... That's that's probably not created any sort of self-esteem issues for the Sicilians <laughs> over the centuries. <laughs> no. You know, it's funny. I never knew there was beef between the mainland Italians and the Sicilians. And of all places, because I'm from Cleveland, I moved to San Francisco, and within like a couple months, I had a job, and I needed to get a suit. And I went to the suit store, and it was an older Italian guy, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some Dago discount, right? And <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, um, you're from Italy? My father's from over there. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm from Naples. He's like, where's your father from? And I was like, oh, he's from Sicily. And this guy's face just totally changed. And I was like, oh, you got a problem with the Sicilians? He's like, no, I haven't said that. I didn't say that. He's like, <laughs> I didn't say that. He's like, even though that guy's from the shittiest town in Italy, <laughs> right. Naples. Have you been to Naples? I haven't been to Italy. It's a I shit show is what it go. is. No offense, uh, my Italian brothers and sisters out there. Let me just tell you something about Naples. The food is good, but uh, it's a giant fucking ghetto. Uh, <laughs> God love you. And if you can survive it, it's like surviving... Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, New York in the 70s. Congratulations. <laughs> but this guy, he said, he goes, I don't have a problem with Sicilians. I only think 95% of you motherfuckers can't read or write. <laughs> the only thing they're good at is using a blade. And oh. I was like, this was a salesman. Yeah. You're like, did you want me to buy a suit or yeah, not, sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, then I realized it's real. So there is definitely a Sicilian yes. mainland beef. Had something similar when I moved from Wisconsin to Minnesota. As oh, yeah? You could, uh, when I moved from Wisconsin to Minnesota, uh, you know, I started out in Madison, went to college there in okay. 84. But in 90, I moved to Minneapolis and I, and I'm from outside of Milwaukee. I'm from in between Milwaukee and, and, and Illinois. Uh -huh. And so all crummy comments were about Illinois. And there, <laughs> this was our big rivalry. And so when I moved to Minnesota, there was a lot of, what? You're from Wisconsin. And a lot of that. And I was like, what's happening? This is so confusing. It's like warring trailer parks is yeah. the joke I used to do. Cause That's we all funny. came here on the same tractor pole. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and it's so crazy. Okay. So Sal, you've already used the word Dago. <laughs> Let's get into it. Cause that's the name of your new album. <laughs> yes. Little is Dago. This, is this your first album or second album? Actually. Second album. Yeah. Uh, this one's called Little Dago. First you... one on a label or what? through a label, oh, which, a well, label called the... comedy records. But uh, catchy, yeah, catchy. yeah, I like yeah. They're, doing that. <laughs> I like. they're out of they're out of Toronto. I had to go international to get this one out to the people. <laughs> well, is it now? Would you do the first one, CD Baby? That's what I did. Certain, yeah, people yeah, with. and I did it on my own, and uh, which sounded is, just fine. Yeah, no, it was all good. It's just getting you're trying to get better distribution. Is exactly, that, that's yeah. all it is, and. Uh, and these you guys gave me a great, great Canadian deal. distribution too, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, maybe I don't know. My I, new album, the my hero album, it uh, they're not they're having trouble on Amazon Canada and Amazon iTunes. Really? Even though Stand Up Records is uh is like no, there shouldn't be any problem. Huh. And yet I get uh not constant, but because I get consistent emails going, hey, the iTunes in Canada isn't working. If it is now, by the way, someone tell me. Someone in Canada <laughs> tell me that it's fine. But I keep sending people like pictures of a download card and the back of it going, hey, PayPal me 10 bucks if you would. That'd be great. <laughs> Man, I would has. love, hey, I would love to be the hottest comedian in Canada. I'll take that. Oh, uh, that's just fine. That is <laughs> yeah, all right. That's good. And how's your French? Yeah. And so I understand the French market is huge. And uh, so, so this thing is. Is it out right now? Like it, it comes out Friday. 
It so comes May, on Friday. But this end of May. Be, yeah, May 9th or 19th. Yeah, something. End of May. Yeah, May 19th. This won't go up till June, but because um, I'm ahead of the game here for some That's reason. all right. It'll still be available. It turns out <laughs> it will still, you can still listen to it. I was trying to tell my the mom jokes. yesterday about it. She goes, so I mean, if it's going, like my local Cleveland paper did a, a spot. And she goes, <laughs> nice. well, if everyone's, are they going to have enough to sell? I'm like, mom, it's digital. Like that, it's, it's digital. <laughs> Our parents are the greatest. And I'm sure we're going to be like, someone's going to say, well, just get it embedded in your skull. It's yeah. like, wait, but is that going to last? It's in your skull, mom. What is fucking, uh, what the hell is your pro? <laughs> yeah, it's funny it's talking a, showbiz with parents. It's, yeah. Though uh, my dad, uh, I, I gave him a, a hard copy of the CD because uh-huh. he can't, he's not, hand, he's not online. Right, my dad, right, he's, right. Uh, he wants no part of it. And, but I did give him some download cards to okay. give out to the nurses at the <laughs> VA when he goes in for his hobby checkups. Because my father's constantly going in for hobby checkups at the VA. That's cool. And uh, yeah, it's, he's bored. He's 80. He's, <laughs> he's working it. And uh, and he said, I ran out of those card things. Card things? They're just cards, Dad. Weird. Okay. So, uh, so Kalani, you get to talk about your dorkdom at some point. When yes. will it happen, we wonder? When? <laughs> will it be now? Let's let it be now. Yeah, let's... Um, Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Homer Simpson. Yes. Star Wars. Yeah, those are the big ones. Those are the big ones. But what I want to talk about, let's go to where I want to go first, which is Jimi Hendrix, who all I know, he was left-handed, and he was a guitar player. Oh man, that's. Is there more? Is there oh, more going on? Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, and he died when he was like thirty. Twenty-seven. Right? Twenty-seven. Yeah, the, oh, the, he the was rock the and roll tw- age. Yeah. He was the twenty. He was the, the first one. Oh, was he? He's the first twenty-seven-year-old trailblazer. Three weeks later, got to fuck up his life so hard yeah. before he dies at twenty-seven. <laughs> Three weeks later, Janis Joplin died at twenty-seven. Supposedly depressed over Jimmy's death, she did too much heroin. I'll tell you something. Is uh, I saw a Dick Cavett where they interviewed her, and she said that that was her. That was the guy that she was in love with. Yeah. It was Jimi Hendrix. And she was like, well, you know, he's, he's Jimi Hendrix though. So it's, it's not going to work out. And Dick Cavett's <laughs> like, you're Janice Joplin. What is happening? Why is there self-esteem issues? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I guess, at every level. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, even level if you're Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Very insecure. What year did he be, die? Uh, September 18th, 1970. All right. And then Jim Morrison died. Later that year, and he would or the following year, also twenty seven, off also twenty seven. That guy's just a copycat, though, right? Well, right? he would I tell mean, people he's like, "You're drinking with number three after uh, Jimmy and Janice went." Yeah, so yeah, and then yeah, and then what? Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I, I guess I do know a lot about the twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, the whole twenty seven thing. Nirvana. Are, are you twenty seven yet? No, I, I yeah, I, I passed that age. Oh, are you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I love that you don't think right. that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about Sal Kalani, but he can play early twenties. <laughs> God, <And> so, <laughs> I, I tell my agent, and I still don't get them auditions. <laughs> you should be repping me, Kajaki. Ex- well, that's what people say. Because I'm always talking up other people's careers, but it's uh, good. No, so September of 1970. Yes. So how long did he play? So with Jimmy, Jimmy's a great story. I love the story. Uh, it's an underdog. Are there books? Are there movies? There's I'm books, sure there's all of it, right? There's everything. Uh, a book that I recommend is Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky. Okay. Which is a biography book from like the 80s. But it was like a – it was a biography. So it's something you get to yeah. read all about. Another book that I really love that was really hard to find. I saw it one time, I think, at the Experience Music Project. And it was like 30 bucks. I'm like, 30 bucks? Forget that. You know? <laughs> oh, comedy money. That's that's What is yeah. that? That's like – 
So much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was like years ago. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. And then my girlfriend just got it for me for Christmas. She found it because they stopped making it. It's called Voodoo Child. It's a graphic novel. Oh, okay. And I've read it and the the accuracy to like that other bio of the actual book, it's it's great. It, all these little moments. Like there's a moment where Jimmy and Jim Morrison were together in a club in New York and Morrison's just drunk out of his mind and you sure. know it's a terrible recording but jimmy it's just it's yeah it's a great recording but, but right. the voodoo the the novel sort of transcribes it or something yeah yeah or? yeah you'll see like yeah, yeah there's just little images and stuff it, like for instance jimmy went on tour with the monkeys right and it's only it was like seven what? shows yeah oh all right jackie <laughs> I, we gotta talk i saw jimmy. the monkeys i've seen the monkeys you see the monkeys, seen really? the monkeys i haven't seen jimmy Hendrix. i haven't seen jimmy but i saw mitch mitchell his original drummer and billy cox his bass player yeah and then they had a bunch of special guitars fill in so like slash would come in and do a jimmy song and then kenny wayne shepherd would do one oh Oh, wow. Like all these blues guys. Um, yeah. So Jimmy, all right, from Seattle, Washington. Okay. All right. And then uh, his mother took off when he was young. So they call it, he called oh, her Gypsy it's a Woman. Twist. Yeah, there's it's a, a twist. twist. It's funny. Here's a, here's a little no, unknown trivia that nobody ever knows. Jimmy's birth name was Johnny Allen Hendricks. His mom named him that. His dad was in the war. His dad comes back from the war. I don't like that name. Changes it to James Marshall Hendricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and then a few years later, his like- mom splits. Wait, is he? T- uh, 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 oh, so we're talking World War Two. World War Two, because yes. obviously he died in seventy. I'll yeah, so Jimmy here. was born in like forty two. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, and his mom splits. His Seattle. mom splits. He ends up getting a guitar. He used to play the broom. Okay, and like little broom things would be fo- all on the ground. And right. I, yeah, and I I picked up guitar when I first played. I used to have a weight belt. I used to do weights. You can't tell because I'm skinny, guinea, but like. <laughs> I would pretend to play, and then I get it. So you There'll want be several Italian slurs? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> censored the album title. Censored on iTunes. Cent- right. So what do they call it? on It's iTunes? so stupid looking. It's little D asterisk asterisk O. So it looks like little do. Or <laughs> my girl was saying little dildo could be determinant. Right. If somebody didn't want to put any consonants in there. Anyway. So okay. So where so yeah so he 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 gets his guitar he plays it all the time and, and but see this is what I love like you just want to get out you probably wanted to get out of Wisconsin I wanted to get out of Ohio yeah. he wanted to get out of Seattle but he broke so the way he got out is he joined the army so he got in the army he was a paratrooper for the 101st Airborne he doesn't go to Vietnam because what happens is he jumps out of a plane ends up breaking his foot so oh. then they discharge him yeah all yeah right? so then when he gets discharged he goes to Tennessee in Tennessee. He, you know, he starts playing around and he starts, this is what I love about Jimmy and you love this too. He's like the feature comedian that made it. Yeah. All right. Cause yeah. he was, he was on the road with like, uh, it's like middling. The, yeah. Of the Isley brothers, little Richard. Uh, wow. Like, yeah. Like Curtis Knight, like he would be in the background all the time playing yeah. for them and they didn't like him being too showboaty or whatever. He was <laughs> broke. So he ends up going to New York. In New York, he stays in Greenwich Village. Sometimes there's a letter I remember reading that his dad, he was like, you know, I'm so, I, sometimes I got to stay on the streets, but that's all right. The cockroaches don't mind sharing the sidewalk. Right? Oh, yeah. So it's a beautiful story. So yeah. he, he's suffering, he's doing it, and then he's in New York. And the craziest thing, so one day he's performing there, and Keith Richards' girlfriend yeah. named Linda Keith happens to be in New York, 
Walks Wait, Keith in. Richards' girlfriend is named Linda Keith? Yeah, is that weird? That is yeah. weird. Is that on purpose? <laughs> I have no it'd idea. Be like, it'd be like my last name was Andy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jackie Andy. It's just so fucking weird. She's, anyway. <laughs> she's, uh, she was like a 20-year-old model. Okay. Or something, okay. Right? And on like the fifth tour of <laughs> yes. the Rolling Stones, she's in New York and she goes in the club and she sees this guy. She's like, wow, he's great. And he should be the front guy. His name, the oh. name of the group was Jimmy James and the Flames. Okay. Right? But he was all like shy and whatever. Yeah. And not, you know, jumping in to what he can do. And then, uh, she starts putting managers in front of him. None of these managers, the Rolling Stones manager, uh, all these other men, they, they, so she's not 20. Yeah, and, she has all these connections because she's this with huge, the rock star. Right, because she's with the Rolling Stone guys. Yeah. And she's like, seriously, this guy's amazing. Right. And, and they're unmoved. Unmoved. <laughs> One then, after another. Yeah, a couple people <laughs> are like, and then, of all the people, the bass player for the Animals. Right. Jazz Chandler, who, you know, the was this the New Orleans song? They okay. Did, uh, House of the Rising Sun. Oh, right. right. So he's interested in something. He wants something bluesy. He goes in the cafe. Wah, she brings him there. Jimmy plays. Hey, Joe, a very bluesy uh, version of it. And the dude loves him. Wants to bring him over to England. Cause you know, he still has some connections, right? The only thing Jimmy wants to know is, Hey, uh, can I get good amps there? And can I meet Eric Clapton? <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you need. Right, were those seem attainable goals, <laughs> yeah. Jimi Hendrix. So he, he, he flies over to England and this, this, what I love. Okay. I mean, this is his balls. Like he wants to go, he goes to a show and one of the clubs, Clapton's playing. Yeah. All right. And he goes, Hey, you know, can you get Chaz? Can you get me to go on stage with Clapton? And they're like, oh, oh, right, you, right. Are you fucking out of your mind? Or Clapton's God. You know, right. he's like, I'll ask. That was his nickname, God. So they're like, hey, what? Alec, yeah, Eric Clapton's-, Clapton's nickname in the late sixties was God. Like, cause he was that good. Here, let me tell you something that Rangers of the Dork Forest will no doubt. It's a nice drinking game. Uh, who did Eric Clapton play with? He played with Cream. He played with um, Derek and the Dominoes. Like, what do you mean? Like, like what was he famous for? Oh, guitar. Right, he, but he played, but Cream was his band? Yeah, the original. Okay, see, nobody, uh, there's no Dork Forest about Cream. So I'm, <laughs> I don't feel bad that I don't know. But Eric Clapton, I know, it's. I get him. He didn't do something about I shot the sheriff, did he? He did do I shot the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> he did a cover. Of, he did a cover of it. The same year. Oh, oh, weird. Which is crazy. Like right after Marley did it. He okay. Did it. Yeah. All right. But it made it more mainstream. He really almost. did. He yeah. Re- which is where I come in. Okay. Uh, top 40s, early 70s. Yes. <laughs> Layla. Yeah, know. sure. Sure. <laughs> anyway. So but back there. So he back, was the man in England. He's God. Yeah. Yes. He was the God in England. He asked if he could play. They're like, what are you kidding? This, this black American guy wants to play. Yeah. They're like, fine. He goes up there. He opens with a song, Killing Floor, which is a very difficult blues song. He goes up there, starts wailing, Clapton unplugs his guitar and walks off stage. Oh my God. All right. This is like, because he had been upstage. Yes. Like if like Chappelle was doing a night and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do some jokes for you, Dave. And then you go up there and Dave walks up. That's insane. Yeah. And no one knew who this guy was and he just started killing it. And so. From that, he started getting like a lot of love, and people were like, uh, "What? Wait!" So Clapton didn't unplug plug Jimmy; he unplugged his own himself. Guitar. He walked off stage. Oh, to let him have it. Yeah, he's just like, "Wow, this guy is a beast." Because oh, Clapton that, couldn't really okay. play that song, right? So then all the other British guys, the Who, Jeff Beck, they're all hearing about right, this. Right, right. All, all you have to do is get Louis C.K. to like you, and yeah. or Chappelle, <laughs> and there's work. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah you. 
That's yeah, all yeah. it is. It's all who you know. Come on, Jackie. Well, you got you got to produce. Obviously. You got to produce you be when able you to have show that up. moment. Yeah, you get yes. the moment, but you got to be able to be there for it. Right. That's why I was like, you come in early for Dork Force. <laughs> I'm there, baby. So, <laughs> so, so he, he. This is another cool thing. Chaz Chandler had to sell like one of his animals' guitars, one of his last guitars, to pay to. For Jimmy's album to get recorded. Oh my god! So like this thing was all like by the skin of the teeth. If this album ate it, yeah, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Right. So he got. So then the American introduction is one of the coolest because that was Monterey Pop. All okay. right, in Monterey, Which is California. Monterey, California. It's a peninsula. There's mm-hmm. a giant music festival that's been there. Yeah. Forever, right? So I mean, I don't know if they still have it, do they? They do. They, they do still have it, to my okay. knowledge. And um, they still haven't figured out how to make it more than a two-lane highway. <laughs> so it's a pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass going yeah. there and back. Yeah. I lo- they have a great aquarium, you guys. That's they do have I've a nice aquarium, yes. <laughs> uh, so 1967, Monterey Pop. Yeah. He, uh, he goes there. No one knows who he is yet. Janice is there. Janice did so good. They had her do two nights. After oh, wow. the first night, like, you're awesome. Do another one. So, uh, Jimmy, he had an argument with the Who. And the Who were known for smashing their guitars. Pete Townsend were like, hey, you know, and they didn't want to argue who would follow who. And no one wanted to follow the other person. Oh, wait. Wait, so. I wouldn't want to follow the who because who wants to step over shards of guitars? Exactly. Is that what it was? Yeah. Well, well just not even that, but the, you'd smash guitars. Who's going to follow that? Right. Oh, right. You know oh, what I mean? Right, like right. They yeah, just it's very much a the, mic. D- d- yeah. It's a very like a comic thing, dude. Like yeah, drop the mic, go fuck yourselves, like, follow that. Yeah. Stanhope used to close with this thing where he'd shake up a bottle of beer and then uh-huh. spew all over his face. It was a porn <laughs> joke. So middle 90s. It's fine. It's been hacked to death, but it was very funny at the time. Uh-huh. But he used to feature with it uh-huh. until finally they were like, you, you can't feature anymore. Nobody can follow that fucking <laughs> joke about you spewing beer all over your face. Exactly. Yes. They don't know how to follow that. So they get in an argument backstage. Who's going to follow who? And, and the who's like, I'm not following you. And Jimmy, supposedly, he's a quiet guy, shy, doesn't say much. Finally just stands up on top of a chair, plays his blues riff, mm-hmm. and goes, all right, I'll follow you guys, but I'm pulling out all the stops. Oh, there and, you go. And that's when the, they, the who go up, they smash the guitar, everyone loves it. And then Jimmy goes up and then he ends up burning the guitar, which is the fucking coolest thing. Wait, he lit his guitar on fire? Oh, yeah. So he, he has a what? guitar, he paints it, he paints it all different stuff, and he says he's going to sacrifice it. They give him this guitar at the very end. He's doing the song Wild Thing. He, sets, he starts playing, he's jamming, he sets it down, he kisses it. He puts the, the lighter fluid out, lights it on fire, and there it is. And then that was it. Like, he, he was the talk of the festival. Right. And from that moment, th- within three years, he became the highest paid musical act in right. the country. And New this guitar is, available. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, he, he – it's funny. He became, like, the greatest uh, – the greatest uh, – the most expensive act, but he – Never had a number one hit. He ne- only had one top 40 hit ever. What was the top 40 And the top 40 hit wasn't even a song he wrote. It was uh, Bob cover? Dylan's uh, All on the Watchtower. Okay. Which is an awesome. I mean, he owns that song. That became Jimmy's song. Okay. You know, went from All Bob, on the Watchtower. Yeah. And on the Monterey Pop Festival, if you ever listen, it's like nine songs. Yeah. Five of them are covers. And one of them that... Uh, uh, one of them he does is a Bob Dylan song, like a Rolling Stone. Okay. And he opens with Killing Floor, Brian Jones, the Rolling Stones open them. So I have this tattoo. 
the yeah. Homer Hendricks tattoo. And <laughs> it is. It looks like Homer Simpson <clears throat> yeah. as Hendricks. Yeah, and those red pants, I gave him the red pants because that's what Jimmy was wearing at right. Monterey. He was wearing the and red pants. And he had pants. a bandana around his leg, did he? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. He did that yeah. a lot and he did the headband. He I don't, I don't remember. I don't think he had the headband at Monterey, but I combined things, you know. Sure, you so. certainly do. <laughs> That is a Homer Simpson, Jimi Hendrix tattoo. <laughs> you combine things. You are known for that, Sal. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. So, um, yeah, so that was it. I mean, he be, he was, he was the star. He, um, he did Woodstock. He was, the, he headlined Woodstock. A lot of people don't know is when he headlined Woodstock, it was a three day thing, but he didn't go up until Monday morning because it ran so long. Oh, right. So most of the people were already gone. You know, so. when I was a kid, my stepmother had that album. Oh, okay. And um, my oldest brother was 14 in 1969 when Woodstock happened, uh-huh. and he ran away from home to try to go to Woodstock, and really? they caught him in Ohio. Wow. And turned him from Wisconsin. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, an idiot. And, uh, <laughs> well, that would have been a great story if you went to If you would have made it. If you would have made it. Yeah. But I think he left late. He would, I mean, he would have made it for Jimi Hendrix's Yeah, that's set. all you need? <laughs> that's the best story ever. Yeah. And I'm sure he got laid at least once on the way because he was a bit of a mover at 14. Uh, but uh, he... Uh, um, but that album, and he claimed that it was his album, and my stepmother was like, it's my album. I bought this. I was, I'm older than you. Uh, I bought this album. And so, but I would listen to it, and, uh, like, and that, so that's really the only introduction to Jimi Hendrix I have. How many albums does he have? Well, that's another thing. I mean, maybe I just like guys who die young, who only got it, like, but he really, he really only had, well, he had three albums with Are You Experience, or, okay. I'm sorry, with the Jimi Hendrix Experience. And then he did, Jimmy got, man, 1969, New Year's Eve to 1970, uh, New Year's Day. He did an album called uh, Band of Gypsies. It's a live album. The only reason he did that live album was because he signed a, cr- a contract with somebody for like a dollar. So they would call them dollar contracts. Some yeah. Lame, you know, like bottom feeder fucking managers and agents. And he, he, he signed these contracts. And then once he blew up, these guys sued him to try right. and get money, even though they weren't doing anything for him anymore. And then he had to make this album. And all the all the money from that album went to this guy. Okay. So so he did it in one night, yeah. the last day of the year. Yeah, it was and a he, New Year's Eve show. New Year's Eve show, and he just jammed for- yeah, He did two shows, uh, and they're, they're called the Band of Gypsies. That's when Billy Cox was with them. And then uh, what happened was uh, after the first show, like- Cause you know, Jimmy like play with his teeth and behind his head and the guy's like, you can't have him doing that. Cause it's going to ruin the recording of the thing. And he's like, man, let me do what I do. You know, yeah, it, it was you just, figure it out. Yeah. It's just shady, dirty, but anyway, but then there's also like, now there's like 50 posthumous albums. You can oh, get like bootlegs. Yeah. And there was tons of material that Jimmy was like Tupac. He recorded everything. He okay. had his own little studio is in, okay. in New York still electric Ladyland. Okay. Uh, it's funny. I, uh, last time I was in New York, I walked up there. I just walked. I'm like, hey, can I just walk around, check it out? I'm a huge fan. They're like, no, so, someone's recording right now. You can't yeah. just walk around the This studio. is uh, actually a place of business. <laughs> We're actually working. Yeah, but you know. I love Starbucks. Can I just go touch the machines? No, you but can't. I had to be there. I wanted to see it. <laughs> well, that, I mean, but you were there. Yeah. <laughs> so you got right. to see what you got to see, you know? Right. But uh, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so wait, so he has three albums that he put out during his lifetime, and then there's a a prince like library somewhere. There's like yeah, there's like two. There's a couple. A good album to get that uh, is a bunch of stuff that was released after he died. It's called First Rays of the New Rising Sun, 
And now another thing with Jimmy is right when he died, there's all these little compilations of stuff. Well, his family, the Hendrix family, finally got the rights to his stuff yeah. in like the 90s. So then they re-released some stuff. So generally, like the first Rays of the New Rise of the Sun was one of the first albums they released under the Hendrix family. Okay. And so everything's like cleaned up and it's it's great. I mean, there's some great songs. It's one of my favorite Hendrix albums, actually. Yeah. Um, he pl- he was left-handed, right? So he was left-handed. He could play right-handed as well. Uh, I play left-handed. That's another thing I love. And so does Cobain. They're both left-handed. Okay. And, Are you um, left-handed or did you just do I am to left-handed. be like him? I, no, okay. I, <laughs> that would have been a lot. I was I, made this way. I was born to be a lefty <laughs> like my guitar god heroes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but he had to restring a right-handed guitar, right? Or something. Yeah, he played them upside down because he liked the knobs that were closer to his hands. Because you know he liked to mess with feedback and the yeah. whammy bar and stuff. So he would. Uh, that's supposedly why he did it. He would. Uh, you know, oh, it wasn't a, any other reason. No, yeah, and he could play right-handed too. There was a story like the bass player Jimmy was so intent he'd have like twenty, thirty takes of a song, and the bass player walked out in Old Reading, and Jimmy just took the bass and played it right-handed himself. He's like, "We'll record it. I, that's fine." Uh, uh, like he was a master. Like right. I mean, they say he'd have the guitar like eight, ten hours a day on him, just wow. always jamming, breakfast, did it, playing like. He, yeah. Well, like an up close magic guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just constantly, I'm just going to work on this right here. It's yeah. a guitar. That's You're it. at breakfast. That's all he cared about. That's all he cared about. That's it. That's I mean, kind of amazing. Yeah. That's he, awesome. I love, I love his story. He was a quick flash in the pan. And then, yeah, and then the death is sad. Like he, he asphyxiated. So he, he, he choked on his own puke. And so he's passed out. He threw up and he died. Yeah. He was drinking and pills, which is the, biggest killer ever and guys people, out there yeah. don't do it don't yeah. mix drinking and, did you have you ever mixed drinking in pills no i don't like pills man pills Me neither i did it one time yeah and uh turns out i got in trouble and uh because you're not supposed to uh so uh, a oh, friend yeah. of mine's his his dad killed his mom when he was like 10 years old or nine wow. years old and then he went to prison but he got out in five years or something crazy wow and they gave him his kids back Wow. So Greg was 15 and his dad got out of prison after killing his mother. Wow. And him, you know, and, uh, and so when I knew him in college, I was like one of the first or second times I was in New York, second time probably, because Greg was like, Hey, do you want to come to Westchester? There's a place my dad has a tab. I like to just drink all day on his tab. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do want to do that. And uh, so I took a train out to Westchester to New Rochelle and we drank from like noon till about six. But I was meeting my friend, another friend of mine who was going to grad school at NYU. She's like, hey, there's a cheese and wine thing. Do you want to come and meet me? And, and it'll be nice. And I was like, yeah, of course. And so at six o'clock and at like one or one thirty, Greg was like, hey, I got these Valium. Have you ever had Valium and drank? And I was like, no. And he said, well, if you haven't, just take half. Wow. And so then my spine went away and it was the greatest day of my life. And then I got on a, on a train and went back to New York and on the train at like six o'clock, the volume was wearing off. So I took the other half uh-huh. and then I get to the wine and cheese thing and I start drinking wine. And uh, my friend Jillian to this day is like, you, that's where I worked. Uh, <laughs> that was through my coworkers, you fuck. And I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> Because I was a mess. So wait a minute. You say it was the greatest day of your life, but then you didn't like him. No. Well, 
No, uh, right. <laughs> the greatest day that I do not remember of my life. It was one of those kind of days where you're like, I remember being so checked out yet still able to use my thumbs. That's all I'm looking for, Sal. Those are, those are the days that I'm looking for. <laughs> not cool. Not okay. Don't do it is what we're saying. But that's how he died. Yeah, he was, and I remember someone saying, like, they, they, they told this girl at the time, like, hey, make sure you put him on his side. Like, that's how it was in, like, rock and roll in the 60s and 70s. Like, don't not do it. Just when you go to bed, lay on your side. Make sure he's on his <laughs> side so he doesn't die. Yeah, so the puke falls out. Oh, God. Him, and, yeah, and supposedly he wrote something, too, like, uh, whoops, oh, shit, I just spilled. I'm that sorry. That ain't right. That ain't I'm right. I'm sorry. We no, good? that's okay. We it's, good? We're good. All right. I'm don't sorry. I spilled a little Coca-Cola. I got excited. Yeah. Did you finish the story? I'll go get a rag. Uh, he when he well this is well this is sad but on the night he supposedly died uh, he woke up in the middle of the night and he wrote this little uh, he wrote like a song a poem called like Jesus saves and um, really? it wasn't really religious it was just more about uh, <laughs> well it's maybe well, I mean, but it was just it was like it was almost prophetic of like he knew he was gonna go and then uh, well, yeah. Oh, they can be said of any of us. Right, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> the last thing she did was write this tweet. Yeah. And it was, hey, there's an idiot behind me. Right. <laughs> there, There is a, you were asking about movies. There is a movie that's more recent that came out where um, Andre from Outcast plays Jimi Hendrix. And honestly, he looks just like him. He sounds just like him. He, I think he does a, a great job. The problem, um, the problem with the movie, two things. One, there's a scene in it towards, uh, I don't want to ruin it. It's called All By My Side, the movie. But Jimi Hendrix dies at the end of it. No, he doesn't. Oh, he doesn't. It only, t- it only takes <laughs> Spoiler place. Spoiler alert. Yeah. He doesn't die in this <laughs> He lives movie. forever. <laughs> he killed God, which is classic, and now he lives forever. Um, well, what happened was uh, it only focuses on that first year right, as he goes to London. And it has the scene where he throws uh, Clapton he makes Clapton look like a fool on stage. But what also it has, it has a scene where Jimmy uh, beats up his girlfriend with a telephone. And it's a pretty brutal. With a telephone? With a telephone. It's a brutal, violent scene. I don't know why scenes. that's. Uh, you know, the problem is I'm Italian and I talk with my hands. And right? that's why I knocked oh, the Coke. Oh, right, right. That's I'm why sorry. you knocked the Coke over. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm constantly knocking things over. Uh, but yeah, the, the, but then uh, the girlfriend herself said that never happened. And she thinks Hollywood then sensationalized it. Which is really fucking annoying. It is really fucking annoying because you're like, oh, he's a guy, you know, and yeah. he's like this rock star and, and he's a black man. And so, yeah. I mean, like, h- how many stereotypes do you want to get into? And you're right. like, you know what? Uh, he's not a serial killer because there are no black serial killers, <laughs> right? Or there's one. Right. Uh, like, you know, he might. Yeah, there's just those snipers out of D.C. That was but- it. Those are the only guys. Those are the only guys we could think of offhand. Feel free to write me. Jackie at com if your dorkdom is black. <laughs> serial killers for a thousand. Uh, <laughs> and one other problem with the movie I'll say is it doesn't have his music in it because the oh, family didn't release the Oh, they the didn't rights. even like yeah, it. <laughs> well, they won't. They're very, they don't release the rights for anything. It's very rare. So that kind of the bummer too because that's the biggest thing about Jimmy that you love. Right, so right. If it's not there. It's But doesn't it – now, What this is what I heard was that because he had to restring his guitar because he was left-handed, this is completely apocryphal. This is hearsay. Uh-huh. Uh that that's why he got such a unique sound. Or is it because he was fiddling with the knobs so much because it was upside down and he liked to play with the knobs? Jimmy fiddled with everything. Like, he would fuck with the back. Like, uh, in the back of a guitar, like, I, I have a Fender. I like Fenders. 
Jimmy likes fenders, right? So <laughs> there's three springs. <clears throat> Jimmy would add two more springs in the back. You could put a total of five. That way, it, what that does is you could stretch the the bridge when you hit the whammy bar. The string, the the, the spring stretch. Okay. And that's how you get the uh, the guitar strings to bend. Oh, that wow wow. You do thing? that. He'd mess with the knobs. He would do something where his hand was so big that he could hold the the bottom string or what what they would call the bottom, even though it's on the top. But he mm-hmm. would, could hold that with his thumb, mm-hmm. and then he could play with his other fingers while his thumb is holding. He had crumbs. really big hands. There's yeah. a big joke in there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah. there's a th- there's a group called the Plaster Casters <laughs> who would put plaster casts on uh, the penises of rock stars, and they would have to the girls would have to get them aroused, then they'd plaster it, and then you'd have to stay there for like. An hour until it dried. And then you'd pull out and then you'd have this thing. So there's one of Jimmy out there somewhere. What? The sixties were weird, man. The sixties were super weird where people are doing plaster casts of, of, and you have to get them erect, of course. Why? Because nobody wants just a, a plastic plaster cast. They're like, no, I just went swimming. And uh, so I'm talking to Sal uh, Kalani, by the way. It is S A L C A L A N N I. And you have a new album that will have been a couple weeks out yes. called Little Dago out on iTunes and Amazon and all the things and it has a lot of asterisks in it because uh, they don't believe you're Italian. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, so it's uh, there's also <laughs> I swear to God it's like a Huck Finn album is not coming out <laughs> by that band. The Huck Finns and the name of their album which uh, read a book. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what else do you want to say about Jimi Hendrix because we're at the half hour week of I mean, I think I, I think we've pretty much covered it. Is there anything else you want to know? I went and saw his grave. It's up on outside of Seattle. It's like okay. twenty minutes outside of Seattle. So they they planted him back in the hometown that he desperately wanted to get out of. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, his father. He's buried next to his father. Okay. Um. Well, that's nice. Yeah, man. I just his music. I if they get into uh, are his albums, are you experience uh, Electric Ladyland? Do Axis people Bowl cover Love. his stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of good covers. Stevie Ray Vaughan has a uh, has a good uh, cover of uh, he does Little Wing, but it's an instrumental. Dad, I'm trying to think. I mean, he's gets a lot of respect for his songs. I'm trying to think if there's any really. It's hard to cover Hendrix though. That someone's gonna like it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because there's only Jimmy. That to right. me, there's only one Jimmy. You can cover Bob Dylan, and you will have fixed Bob Dylan. <laughs> right, in my right. opinion. But, but uh, uh, sweeping. I'll, so Bob, Bob Dylan did inspire Jimmy to sing. Because Bob Dylan couldn't That's really sing. That's such a shitty voice. Yeah, right. That Jimi Hendrix is like, well, that guy can do it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And uh, and I bought a Jimmy album, or a Bob Dylan. I got into Bob Dylan because of Jimmy. Right. Uh, Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited. Jimmy had that album. I was like, well, I got to get that album. I'd love if Bob Dylan had put out a new album and call it Mumblefuck. Yeah. Because uh, you're <laughs> like, hey, Mumblefuck, why don't you enunciate? And then we could all hear these amazing lyrics. And it's just, as he gets older, it just gets worse. Right. I was like, isn't there a book of all of his songs? I would like that. A book of all of his songs. I'm sure there are. Yeah. And a, of Bob Dylan's. And a book of all of Jim Morrison's lyrics. Yeah. It'd be great, because Jim Morrison is such a, a weirdo magoo as well. Yeah. There, I mean, there is this poetry book that's out there. Yeah, yeah, I tried to read that. It was, um, <laughs> maybe I don't want a book of the lyrics. Because <laughs> I remember liking him in college, but he was also super dreamy looking. Yeah, like yeah. he was super handsome, and I was like, "Look at that handsome dude!" Oh, and he <laughs> sings these weird songs that I could 
care about. And <laughs> but I was mostly listening to a lot of Billy Joel. Nobody's psyched. Billy Joel's well, great. Billy Joel's great. I got a lot of Billy Joel in my history. Okay. And uh because I I have um for a while I was trying to be a completist with Billy Joel. So I had like his early he was in this band before he was in before he went solo. Uh-huh. And it was kind of like 50s rock okay and it was terrible it Uh, was like it was it wasn't enough 50s rock and it wasn't enough 1969 rock uh and um it was and he should be singing ballads (laughs) so (laughs) he uh he fucked it up and i can't remember the name of the band offhand but uh it was great but yeah i mean i like music i just i i own one album of everything right i mean i don't think i don't think i own a, a Jimi hendrix album though well, you so gotta, you would you gotta get on that i i think uh first first rays and new rising sun uh like there, there's a lot of good greatest hits too which is uh great which do. with jimmy because jimmy yeah. has a lot of cool like you know hits from different albums and uh and the monterey pop if you ever want to listen to a live it's like only like 30 minutes live and it's Fucking awesome. Are they studio albums that he's the doing? The other or? ones, yeah. The other ones are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I never think of him in the studio. I always oh, yeah. think and of him. He was him always live. always in the studio. So that's why there's like all these tracks after he died. Right, right. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh you want to go first ten years of Simpsons or you want to do the Star Wars? <sighs> I know I'm gonna do a lot of time on Star Wars, so I don't know. Like you want to cut right to the cause we're 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 at uh yeah, we're almost at 40. I'll just say minutes. real quick about The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, I love The Simpsons. Disco stew is my thing. Right, you brought I, your jacket. I Did you make dis- it? Yes, I made this jacket myself. It's There's got the a rhinestones. Lot of fan art going on. So you're hip to this because you probably know The Simpsons. Yeah, right? I know The Simpsons at least the first 10 years. So yeah. you know the Disco stew. I know episode. Disco stew, yeah. So it's funny. I, I made this and with a hot glue gun of my mom's and I got some rhinestones. And then I went to a party that night and everybody was like, oh, <laughs> Like three people got the joke, and that was enough for me. And people were like, "Why is your jacket say Disco Stew?" And I just used the exact line Homer said. I was like, "Oh, I tried to write stud, but I ran out of room." And then people would go, "People would go, oh well, I could fix that for you. I know oh. how to do it." You're like, "Are you not watching the greatest television yeah. show that was ever made?" Yeah. The so, first ten years of The Simpsons was kind of exceptional. It was it's the best. It's just one. One great iconic joke after another. Yeah. And all the great, like, you know, it's good. I mean, it's cool that Conan was on those seasons. Yep. And like, I think like three, four, and five, those seasons, that's the meat. Three, four, and five of the Simpsons, yeah, that's those, the way to go. Those are the, the meat. Four is probably my favorite. Okay. And that has the monorail episode, which is the yep. famous Conan one. It, you know what it did? It gave permission. It almost gave permission for everyone to do musical episodes again. Yeah. It like, it opened it up. It could be anything then. I mean, Frickin' Drew Carey did musical episodes after that. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I guess. And now there's, I just did a, an episode that's uh, a bunch of cartoon shows, uh-huh. and all the cartoon shows have musical episodes now. Wow. You know, Steven Universe and, and uh, Adventure Time and yeah. Home Movies and uh, something else that bob's burgers right right yeah right. those all have musical episodes but i think that the simpsons was the one that sort of said remember remember when you could do like it wasn't just because sitcoms would have flashback episodes yeah and yeah you but there wasn't as many yeah i mean they changed the game on everything and now all these all these shows now are because of the Simpsons. right right because it's both adult and ch- children right. and pro- this guy took down before hannibal burris took down cosby the simpsons took down cosby oh, really yeah there- they went head to head the simpsons 
They they put him on Thursday nights against the Cosby Show, which was the highest <laughs> rated show, and he fucking I thought, took him out. Yeah, but um, he didn't actually reveal that he was a rapist. <laughs> I thought you were like, there's oh, no, a no, rape no, episode no, no, of The no. Simpsons the with Simpsons Cosby? Didn't know he was raping people yet, but they took his power a little. Lisa would have known. Lisa would have known. <laughs> Lisa, if you would have asked. She would have been hip. She would have been uh, hip to it. She would have been like, this seems weird. I think those women were just willing to sleep with him. Why does he have to drug them? Well, that's the definition of a rapist. Uh, so weird. Anyway. What do you think? Here's a question I have for you. When do you think the Simpsons jumped the shark? You know, I would have to say, because it started, what, 88? Yeah, 89, I think. Okay. So I stopped watching it around 2001 or 2003. Yeah, that's about me too. 2002, maybe. And and it was, it just became, you're like, okay, it's kind of the same joke. Right? Yeah. And and even when they, but I would still watch it in syndication and they were the later seasons, like right. the last seven years. Okay. Cause it's still going, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's still rocking. <laughs> I was like, and so there's, then they get new writers and those new writers are interested. Like when Dana Gould started writing for them, we saw an uptick in monkey episodes. Ah. Uh, nobody loves the planet of the apes and all monkeys more than Dana Gould. That's funny. And so. There was, I mean, previously there was plenty of Star Trek and, and Star Wars references, but there was the, the, the Planet of the Apes references were big Dana Gould years. And okay. I, and I would see him in syndication and go, Oh, I do love this show. What the, why can't I? But sometimes it's just the rehash and the fact that the kids never do get any older. Yeah. And it's tough to keep it original. And then you got, you're right. You get different batches of writers, which helps. I think it does. But then sometimes you're like, Oh, I don't like this style. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's not. And I, I don't think Matt Groening has done oh, anything about it in ever. 20 years. Yeah. Of, <laughs> it's like, yeah, do whatever you want with that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've listened to a lot of the commentaries in the episodes and he used certain things you don't like. There's a couple moments. There's one where like, uh, Seymour Skinner, he's, he stole his name from someone else. Okay. Oh, Seymour yeah. Skinner in Vietnam. In Vietnam, he stole it from his, he's an, actually an Armenian guy. Yeah. 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 And that was like a great, Matt Green hated that. He story was like, that's line. dumb. Yeah. And it's he, like way too like, LA. Even on the comments, he's like, I don't even like this episode. And, and then when they call, killed off Maude Flanders. I oh, he like was that. like that was like season eleven. Yeah, don't kill anybody in yeah, the Simpsons. Like, I thought that was crazy. I think she left, like the actress. They, yeah, she stopped, but yeah, it's yeah, not but like, like other, you don't have to kill her, I guess. You don't have to kill her. Just, well, get, I mean, and the weird thing get divorced. is, they were religious. Well, like Marsha Wallace was the voice of Mrs. Krabappel, and she passed away. Right. That's so they true. they got new people to do the voices. You should be able to imitate it pretty close. Any number of people. Yeah. Uh, there were entire stand up comics who built yeah. their career on hacking that. Yeah. They hacked the fuck out of that for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forfend that joke that that show ever get canceled. <laughs> what are the, I opened for some guy one time who did Seinfeld voices, Simpson voices, and um that might have just been those two. And uh, he could do all the voices of all of them. He didn't say anything but what was said in the shows. Like, he didn't have any bits about it. He just recreated the shows. People loved it. They standing ovation. Uh, <laughs> and I was watching him the first show, and I was kind of laughing, but I was kind of like, what's happening here? And then after the show, I was like, well, that went over really well. I mean, which is, I don't know if that's the correct. I mean, you, hey, you were great is the correct thing to say. Right. No, but that, that went yeah. over really well. So the second show, I was featuring at the time, and uh, and he goes up and he does it again. And every time they lose their shit, he looks right over at me at the bar because it was just a bar gig, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah. And he at one point during it, he said, 
he actually just called himself out. I forget this guy's name, but he goes, that's just good writing. <laughs> and it wasn't his writing at all, but I've, I've used that line in life because it made me laugh. So that was the thing that made me laugh the hardest is him busting on himself in the middle of his own act. Oh, so he knew he was clowning himself. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It so was he great. He just knew what he was doing. Yeah, he oh. was like, I am making a living, and uh, congratulations in uh, noticing. See, I hear it's the opposite when they think they're, yes. you know, like, oh, look, watch me do Pacino and walking. Oh, wow. Thanks, <laughs> exactly. dude. I'm the man. Right. Yeah. He's totally self-aware. That's cool. He's like, and- Guar. You yeah, know, Guar, no, like, I, uh, Guar is like a band and they used to dress up and they, they, they knew the joke. Them. They're like, we're a joke. We we're going we're to <laughs> make this money though. Cause people right. like it. Exactly. I, it was a, and one of my favorite stories is Jake Johansson. I'm sure he hates that. I fucking tell this story, <laughs> but he used to sell a t-shirt, a very classy t-shirt, sort of like a taupe with a light green, dark, well, I'm sort of a dark green actually, but built into the shirt. And all it said was touch it. And it was a reference to a dick joke that he did. And he would sell probably had to be at least $600 worth of shirts a week. Wow. And, uh, when I, I featured for him at Acme and the first time, and I loved Jake Johansson so much that when I saw that shirt, I was like, what the fuck is this out loud to his face? And he goes, I have a mortgage. Leave me alone. And I was like, Six, done, done, and done, pal. <laughs> I, I first had a, I, I made a DVD once. It was like twenty minutes long. Yeah. It was the first thing I did, and it's just a set, and I'd sell it, and I call the album "Gas Money." <laughs> <laughs> This is a Tim Harmston, I think. He had a 15 minute. Was it? I forget who it was. It was a guy who had 15 minute album. And he said, "This is all I've got right now." <laughs> it was the name of the album. <laughs> It was great. Anyway, right. little comedy we, talk. Let's, you got time for Star Wars? Yeah, let's do a little Star Wars. I love Star Wars. You love it. Obviously. I love Star Wars. Um, here's, I think they've saved it. Yes, yes. But here's the thing. All right, now what? Do I think George Lucas gets way too much shit? Right for the prequels. Does he have a T-shirt that says "Touch It"? Kind of. <laughs> True. Kind of. But you know. Okay, a couple things. One, yeah, they saved it, but let's be honest, The Force Awakens is just a remake of A New Hope. Yes. All right. One more time into the breach with a Death Star. If yes, could not, another Death Star. Yeah. Let's hide the secret plans in a droid on a desert planet and see yes. if you can find it. You know, <laughs> like, it's, you know, and I know you have to kind of do that to get us back into it. Yeah. But we'll see these next two. Where yeah. it's going. But I love what J.J. Abrams does. I can't, I don't think, see him screwing this up at all. Well, what the, my only problem with, with George Lucas, cause I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's, I like cute little animals and, um, and whatever. So I don't have Ewok problems. Other people have Ewok problems. A lot problems. of Ewok problems out there. I don't have any Ewok problems. But what I, what you don't see George Lucas doing is doing any sort of recutting and reimagining of American graffiti. Uh, <laughs> leave, uh, just leave it alone. It's fine. It's done. True. It's uh, it, call it a day. Yeah. Make something new. Yeah. And 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 wrap it up. Yeah. And uh, so that's my only thing. But I'm reading like the comic books. I'm not reading all of them. But mm-hmm. I'm reading. Are you reading Doctor Afra at uh, all? Uh. Oh, the Darth Vader comics were amazing, and okay. it was there was a character created in it who was a mercenary named Afra. Okay. And um, she got her own spinoff comic book because it she's a bad guy. And she worked for Darth Vader, and every time she would double-cross Darth Vader, she would have to explain to him why he shouldn't kill her. (laughs) And it was hilarious. That's funny. And and, uh, introduced into her world were, I think it was by Vader or by somebody else, are these murderous droids. Essentially a murdering C-3PO and a murdering R2-D2. Wow. Uh, Triple Zero is... um, 
is is the is the R two is the C three PO and and Beatty, I think, is the is the is the R two D two unit. Evil names. And they fucking murder everybody. <laughs> and they talk about how they just want to kill. And and uh, and she has to trick them into not killing her all the time. She's hilarious. She will eventually, of course. What's it called? It's called Doctor Afra because she uh, her, the spinoff was <laughs> is about her how she never got her doctorate. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's funny. And it's the I, it's my favorite thing right now. There's a great Lando. Spinoff cart comic. Okay. That was great. The Darth Vader one was great. Uh, the Han Solo one was, uh, was good. Eh, but, uh, but that's, f- I mean, there's so many stories. The universe is so great. Did you ever read those Star Wars books? Um, the, the three that came in. I haven't. I know what you're talking about though. The three, it's like a trilogy. No, I'm talking about the hundreds of Star Wars novels that were created that my nephew read when he was 11, and I read six of them, and I said, we're done now. <laughs> uh, he said, well, I'm going to keep going. And I said, well, you're 12. I do own two that yeah. I have read that people might enjoy because they're a bunch of short stories. One is called Tales from Moss Eisley, and one is Tales from Jabba Hutt's Palace. So they go Those in. Those are awesome. Yeah, that sounds do great. Little character stories from each person you've yeah. seen. There's a great Greedo one where you feel for Greedo. Sure. Greedo's has got feelings. Oh, yeah. Greedo had a he's rough, a, man. He's a sentient being. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> so does Groot. Yeah, you Groot, know? yeah. <laughs> I just watched that last night. Guardians? And, yeah. And the funny thing is, like, even he's, he, you know, he likes, Star-Lord likes guns and he flies through an asteroid field. It's like, this is very Han Solo. Right. You know, I mean. Oh, so was Serenity, though. And but, Firefly. Okay. Yeah. It was essentially if Han Solo had a, uh, had a, a series. Right, is right. All, is all Firefly is. Right. He's yeah. like the coolest. I actually, I, in my, in the upcoming album, Little Dago, yep. I do mention a couple Star Wars jokes. They're a little darker, but one of them is like how <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got an argument with someone and I thought Han Solo was one of the greatest characters in film. And this guy's like, Oh no, man, I, th- I really think Luke Skywalker. I'm like, the fuck's your problem? And I get really upset. <laughs> and I explain, I'm like, in the original film, there's a scene on the Millennium Falcon where Luke and Han, they're having a religious discussion about the force. Yeah. And Luke's giving Han a hard time. Like, you don't believe in a force. Like, you don't believe in this religion I just learned about three hours ago. <laughs> and if you listen, Han's all open-minded. He's like, no, I traveled all over the galaxy. I've seen yeah. all different cultures. I don't want the answer. But, you know, and then I make fun. Like, he's a redneck hick. He grew up in a farm, middle of nowhere. And everybody's right. parents makes out with his sister. Gross. So, <laughs> so then... uh but then what would Luke do in that movie? All he does is whine and complain and whine and complain. He blames it on the government and they're an mm-hmm. imperial force. And how does he deal with it? He jumps into their plane, in his plane. He flies it into their building and blows it up. Oh. Sound familiar? So fuck Luke Skywalker. Oh, Luke Skywalker rage. <laughs> but Interesting. What about the fact that uh, he's super sad that his, that his friend of three hours has died <laughs> and, uh, and Princess Leia has to reassure him even though she just lost her whole planet. Right. That's a very That's, good point, uh, too. Right. Yeah. And, and her dad can feel everything, but he can't feel his own daughter right there right. when he blows that planet up. Right. He blows that planet up and kills like her. Everyone she's ever known her entire <laughs> life. And then she goes, I'm so sorry your friend died. And he's like, thanks. Thanks a lot. No mention of the fact that a billion voices were just that, silent. That's great, Jackie. Yeah, that's, that's well, I, great. I didn't come up with that. I'm sure that's that. I know that that's in the zeitgeist. But uh, I do love. So there's Star Wars, A New Hope. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Okay. Now, I want to say this about Empire. Yeah. I don't know if you know this. A lot of people don't know this about Star Wars, and this is why George Lucas has some of the biggest cojones in the business. Sure. All right. He makes Star Wars, almost dies making it, almost has a heart attack. Uh, he puts on all his money. The, the, the special effects didn't work, so he had to start his own special effects thing. Right. 
um, makes it becomes a success. He takes that money that he made, he borrows from the bank like $10 million to make Empire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gen- thus, Empire, Return of the Jedi, and all three of the prequels are all independent films. He put up his own money to get away from the studios. Oh, right. Which is awesome. But that first one, he could have lost everything. You're a millionaire. You become a millionaire like that, mm-hmm. and then you're going to risk all that. Like, if Empire bombs, he's broke. But just think about that. I mean, when you think about, like, movie maker guys, especially how hard it was in the 60s and, you know, after ever since movies have been made until the invention of the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, it has, it was hard. Yeah. You didn't have any money. You mm. had to essentially show up at open mic, hang out all night, spend all the money you have on a couple of beers in the hopes that you get up for five minutes. Yeah. You know, and that's what, and you would do it for a decade. Yeah. And in the hopes that someone gave a shit. Yeah. And in his case, he, I don't even know where, like where he got the money for American graffiti. Like, was that in the system? I I wonder. He it's funny because it was crazy. Is when he did THX, he uh, what's his name Coppola? Yeah, had his own production company. THX bankrupted that company. Oh, right. so his buddy gets this break. <laughs> is like, hey, let me make your movie. Bankrupts it. Yeah. So then Francis goes on and makes Godfather. And then yeah, he went on and made American uh, Graffiti, Graffiti, which. At the time, before Blair Witch Project, was the the lowest uh, was like the biggest amount of money ever made compared to what it cost. Yeah, that's on on the cost. Well, here's what here's the fun the Hollywood story I know about American Graffiti is he bought um, he had the the soundtrack rights. Uh huh. He gave everyone in the in the cast a percentage. Wow. Which uh, I am told that like Ron Howard and those guys still get checks. Like wow. decent sized checks every year <laughs> because those are all hugely are popular fifties songs, 50s songs wow. because they were songs from, it was, you know, it was set in the fifties, but it was done in the early seventies. So it was essentially everyone who's 32, 35 years old is like, I remember this. That was me. I used wow. to cruise around and go look to get laid. And, uh, you, <laughs> you know, you've been a Modesto, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not on yeah. purpose, but yes, yeah, his more hometown. than once. Is that, is that, that's what Mel, that's what American Graffiti was based off of, cruising in Modesto. Oh. And that's where George Lucas was from. Did you ever do that from. gig where there was like a, a dance? Fat cat. Clutz. Yeah. 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 And they and turned like, it into a dance club Please afterwards. Let me feature yeah. for the same amount of, <laughs> amount of money and then let somebody else do great for 30 and then eat it for the last 20. I, I had a sketch group once and we headlined Fat Cats, which was fucking so hard because we didn't even have diff we had two hand mics and we were trying to do it and the people were just like can we dance now right it's time to dance but it's uh, yeah that's hilarious (laughs) i've done that game i got to uh here's a little cool thing i got to do go to skywalker ranch okay and i catered i was a caterer back in san francisco and it was cool because I met George Lucas. I made him a drink, but then what are you going to say? Like, right. You're so awesome. You know? Well, that's, I mean, <laughs> that'd be the best of what you could say. You're like, I'm a huge fan. Nice to meet you. Right. Which is the, which is the only, like when I met, I, I met Walter Koenig. Okay. I literally, it was, uh, I said, uh, I'm a big fan. I really appreciate your work. And he did the eye slide of, uh-huh. thanks. And, uh, <laughs> which was this, poli- I mean, we both were, we kept it together. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I didn't make some sort of weird Star Trek reference that he didn't want to hear. Yeah. And he could just go, Oh, thank you. Well, That's good. And then, but let's not go anywhere with it. <laughs> Enough. Um, here's so. a little dorky, here's a little dorky thing I saw at Skywalker. Yeah. Ranch. Uh, well, for, they were doing, they're premiering the movie, 
uh, episode three for all his director friends. Yep. And I, and I don't really get star. Like uh, I was serving like fucking iced teas and lemonades and James Cameron came up to me and he's like, Oh, hey, you got any red wine? I was like, yeah, it's over there at the bar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Go all get right. your own fucking red wine. <laughs> I have lemonades and iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do you see what I got here, James? Go get your own damn red wine. Exactly. So, I'm sure this I want, certain level of rich. I wanted to see something Star Wars, right? I was expecting you drive in, like these lightsabers would open up and I'd walk and fly and go through the gate. Anything, anything. There's nothing that, you know, he had his hands in everything. I wanted to see like a Howard the Duck. I wanted to see, any, you know, all this, you know, Willow, whatever. <laughs> Use so, the wand. Hello, his, use the wand. Yeah, any special effects from yep. the eighties on was all Lucas's hands. Yep. Uh of all the things, the, the, there was a courtyard, and in the middle of the courtyard was this life size golden TikTok. And if you know what TikTok was, he was the robot in the Wizard of Oz sequel of the eighties called Return to Oz. Which I never saw. It's terrible right and but tiktok is sitting in the fucking yeah right in the courtyard and i was like this is all the thing i came here i see all these famous directors this is this guy's place and tiktok that's what you get you get tiktok yeah no not that is a bit of a buzz it was a bummer it was a little bit of a letdown how about star wars rebels you watching that i am not watching rebels i watched all clone wars i like that i heard rebels is more for like kids isn't it it's okay no it's great is it good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, know. Kids. <laughs> uh... I, just, I just know there was, it's funny. I got, I got, uh, favored it. I don't mm-hmm. know if I maybe retweet it by Star Wars. The only time. Yep. And, uh, somebody gave me the book of Rebels, right? When it came out, I lived next to this guy in San Francisco who was a huge Star Wars fan. And he gave me this Rebels book. And I was like, cool. And then at this party, two kids were looking at it. You yeah. Know yeah. What I mean? And I took a picture and I said, uh, Something like over the horizon, it's a new hope or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And Star Wars retweeted it. I was like, oh my god, it was so cool. But uh, you know, I uh, I haven't watched much Rebels. Rogue, I mean, Rogue One was cool. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. Rogue One, all quiet on the Western Front, as far as I'm concerned. I I had a argument. I was thinking about doing like a. I don't or we know. we might spoiler this, you guys, if you haven't seen Rogue One. First of all, go see a movie. Right, yeah. It's a, or ruin, don't get. I'll don't try get, not to. I'll just it's say. Fine. I, I'm. Try, I'm thinking about doing like a because a, 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 I had a podcast for like five years and then I kind of stopped because I was like sick of doing it every week and no one's listening anyway. <laughs> and so, but then I was thinking about doing a series. You, you like, just defined my life. Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> so I was thinking about maybe doing like a ten, fifteen episode series, and I just did one with my friend and just people ranking their Star Wars films, oh. and me and my friend got into it pretty hot. Yeah. Because everybody puts the prequels on the bottom. Fine, all right, but he puts Rogue One, I think, way higher than it needs to be. He puts it, of course, again over Return of the Jedi because he hates the Ewoks and everybody, right, hates, right. you know. But I, I that was the first one I saw in the theater. I didn't hate the Ewoks. Well, and Luke is bad as bad as fuck in that movie. Well, I'll tell you, I, I had Joseph Scrimshaw, a comic, okay. uh, uh, on the show, and his dorkdom was defending the prequels. Yes, that was his dorkdom, okay. and um, and he is of the perfect age to like the prequels. Uh-huh. Cause he, you know, if you saw the prequels in year 11 or 13, yeah. you win. You yeah. get to like the prequels. Yeah. I, I'm not there to put a buzzkill on your adolescent right. uh, movie going moment. And, right. um, but he, what he was talking about was how if there's two good scenes in a Star Wars movie, that is a good Star Wars movie. <laughs> 
I mean, it is a good point because I do think the lightsaber battle with Darth Maul is one it's of the worth, best. It's an amazing scene. Yeah, it's an amazing. There's, there's music. There's an orchestra singing, which never occurred yeah, before. There's a double sided the double saber two on one. Like, there's jumping. Yeah. There's a lot of good jumping. Yeah, I mean, I, I still put it probably the worst one because of Jar Jar. I mean, it ruins, Jar Jar's brutal. It's it's really no Ewok is close to Jar Jar level. Jar Jar is uh, not at and all. And Rogue One is is gorgeous. Yes. And it's an amazing movie, but it's sort of like the Marvel movies in the fact that Rogue One is a war movie. Yeah. It's a science fiction war movie. Yes. I kind of feel like it's the minor leagues of Star Wars in the fact that there's no John Williams. There's no real lightsaber duel. There's nope. no, you know what I mean? Those stuff makes a Star Wars film. And you oh, don't really like these characters. I don't care for any of the. No, no. It's you know, a, and, they're, and they're, I don't know any of their names right now. I'd, well, they're, well, the thing is, is they are. They're they're super flawed, and they're flawed. They're flawed people who decide to make a good choice. Yes, you know, and you're like, that feels like if 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 that's a choice, like it 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 feels like a real person though, because yes. you're like, none of us are really, you know, Luke Skywalker or true, and, and or and Han Solo. The fact that Greedo shoots first uh, ruins the the arc of his. Of, character, of his yeah. character because Han Solo has to choose to be a good guy. Right. And he, he killed Greedo because he was threatened, Yeah, but he might not have had to, but he kind of did. Right. So I don't, I mean, I've never had any problem with it, but clearly Lucas had a problem with it when he was yeah. showing it to his grandkids. Yeah. That, that so, was a little, yeah, that is so a it is, annoying. it's brutal, but it's, but it, it, but what I like about rogue one is that that guy's a dirt bag. Yeah. That mercenary guy. Yeah. And uh you're like, okay, so he made horrible choices. It sort of reminds me of the movie Serenity, uh-huh. where the guy who's hunting River, uh-huh. and he's like, "This, I'm, I won't go to heaven, no, because I, yeah. I make terrible choices wow. for the cause of the government and the cause of the greater good." And then it is revealed to him that the greater good is not great, <laughs> and he is like, "Oh shit!" And then he has to come to some decision to let people go yeah. or to not, and what he's. And I would love to see that comic book or that story of yeah. what happened to that bounty hunter dude right. after Serenity. Right. Um, I'm sure Joss Whedon would kill him because <laughs> Joss Whedon kills people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucker. <laughs> anyway, but yeah. I remember seeing when I was hearing Lucas one time on the commentary, I think of episode three, because he was during the Nixon was really coming up in power. But he's like, anybody who's considered bad or evil, they don't think they're bad or evil. Like they think they're doing the right thing, which right. is cool to see that in the Darth Vader story. Right. Uh, you wonder, I mean, the lack of self-awareness is it's so hard to believe no one can have it anymore just because there's so much navel gazing yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. How can you not see yourself with any perspective, but it clearly is happening. It's happening yeah. all around us Yeah, at the highest level. Right. Uh, there's a lot of non-naval gazing going on. And a lot of people <laughs> are just like, let's just go for it. Yeah. And, uh, and it's uh, literally someone today, I was, I was at a coffee shop and someone said that, um, he was, and I just overheard this conversation and the guy goes, yeah, he, uh, I, one of my, it was like his uncle or a teacher or something who said, um, that he defined a word at this guy. He said, have you ever heard the word debauchery? And the guy goes, no, what is it? What does it mean? He says, it's, um, living your life entirely dedicated to pleasure until it consumes you. 
And uh, he goes, I think that guy was trying to tell me something. <laughs> and uh, and he's, he kind of cleaned up his, he was like a drug, he was a drug. Wow, wow, yeah. And he was like, because he literally, he said, I was kind of raised with this sort of attitude of, well, you should just go for it. It was like, no, wait, what about the other people around you? He was like, no, that wasn't mentioned. Uh, it was just, <laughs> you should just totally get yours. And, uh, which was, a lot of comedians I feel were like, we, yeah, I totally, I, I mean, that's how we live our lives. We're not self-aware. No, so I understand Darth Vader. But if you look at like, like if you look at, and, and, and I don't mean to blow smoke up this, and he's not listening. Louis CK is, uh, is there's no one more self-aware in his premises. Uh-huh. You know, like that guy is scrabbling around his brain box going, what is the worst thought I ever have? Right, 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 right. And okay, so that's the worst thought. How can I, what do other people think of that thought? And how do I address, he, there's always three acts to the joke or the ones that I like, right? Ah. It's I think about uh incest. Uh These are the reasons I'm told that is a bad idea. And that could just be the end of the joke. Right. But he goes to the third place where he's like, I wonder if I'm going to do anything about that. And he's like, then he's like, then I try to work on trying not to think about incest or I guess I'm just going to think about incest and not care about it. And so, (laughs) but he writes punchlines at that point Yeah, because it could just be a shock jockey thing that piece in the middle is just shock jockey. Right. Right. But he does do a navel gazing like self. So he goes a step further. Yeah. And then he goes that extra step, which is, I think where the punchlines lie. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah thank God. <laughs> yeah, somebody fucking write a punchline. Anyway, so, but what? So what? So what is your order of the Star Wars movies? Do you have one? Well, yeah, Empire's got to be number one. You love Empire the best. It's got to be the best. Do you don't agree? I don't know. I don't know. I really because Star Wars: A New Hope. Well, or that one. Yeah, but um, Empire, um, also being the fact. To be the, a successful sequel to the greatest blockbuster of all time at the moment, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. And they put up his own money. And I, it's funnier. It's oh, funny. It's, much funnier. it's, I love that banner with, uh, Hanalea. Yep. The Yoda scenes are a little slow, but other than that, the bad guys, well, there's some Boba good jumping around. F- yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like some, and there's some good fight scenes. Yeah. Boba Fett, the bounty hunters, the yeah. bad guys winning, Lando, you know, all that. It's, yeah, it's best. kind of the best. And yeah. then uh, the original, of course, is great. The original, you can't not watch that ending with the, you know, where you're about to drop into the Death Star without getting excited. Like that right. whole, that, gotta do another run, you know, like that stuff. I did like that in uh, Rogue One where they get a little shout out, you know, to the pilots and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, Gold leader standing by, like. Ah, that's that that's that that was yeah. great. Well, I'll tell you, like after the first when when the first of the three prequels came out. I remember literally tearing up yeah. at the first trailer and just yeah. kind of like, oh, my God, this is blowing my mind. There's going to be another Star Wars movie. Yeah. And just genuinely crying. Yeah. And then, of course, later crying for different reasons. But because uh, Jar Jar is is a wields a knife. But um, <laughs> were you bummed out instantly after you saw it? Or yes. Because like. I think I didn't want to believe it yet. I saw it like four yeah. times in the theater that Did you? summer. Like I think I, I saw it twice. Yeah, I remember one time I went, I was like, I'll be go high. And then another time I was like, Oh, I heard Darth Vader breathes at the end. Let me watch <laughs> to the end of the credits and hear that. Like I didn't even, I've never seen the third prequel. 
Oh, you haven't? It's the it's best one. It's the best one. one. <laughs> oh, you got to see it. Yeah, how can you not? I don't know. I'm told that he yells at the sky more than twice. You can only yell at this, even that Wolverine movie where he yelled at the sky. Oh, it's, Vader? Yeah, Vader yells at the sky too many times. Dude, no, come on. Nah, if you already suffered for the first two, you have to. I know. The only I'm told. is a PG-13. Uh, the, the, it has better chance of the being The lightsaber good, right? battles is awesome. What okay. did you say? It has a better chance of being the best. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... They kind of got their shit together is what I heard. I want to say I argued with my friend, and I think I put episode three above Rogue One in my list of rankings. <laughs> what do you think about A Force Awakens? Force Awakens up there. Force Awakens is number four. Yeah. I put the three originals, and then I put Force Awakens. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. I just hate everybody gives J.J. Abrams so much credit. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't as original. All right. right. He right. didn't come up with the idea of a Death Star. He didn't come up with... No, lights, you know, no, no. His his work is it can be it can be great. It really yeah. can. But like what when I see his work on Star Trek, it kind of drives me nuts because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. But mm-hmm. I have no Star Trek T-shirts or paraphernalia because uh, there has not been a good Star Trek uh, since Star Trek. So uh, <laughs> I'm so mad about like he took away the prime directive. Anyway, so. you, know, so you don't like the Star Trek movies he did. No, no. See, I, and I never liked Star Trek. And that first Star Trek movie I saw, and I I liked, but then I realized because it's like Star, it's Wars, Star Wars, a guy from the desert yeah. doesn't know his family, that blows up planets, like yeah. It's he made he's he was making Star Wars movies, which is why they moved him over to Star Wars. Right, that was his audition and to do Star to Wars. To do Star Wars, <laughs> and you're like, get somebody who knows Star Trek to do Star Trek, right? Because I love I love the Prime Directive. I love uh, I love the learning curve of Star. Star Trek is just a more intellectualized yeah of uh, fights. You know, it's it's got it's got battles and stuff, but it's also got a lot more. It's just a slightly smarter, a little more political. I don't know. So which one is better? Star Trek or Star Wars? Yeah. Turns out I don't have to pick. What, what, There's no reason to pick. <laughs> That's uh, Dan Telfer told me that. I was because when uh, when uh, I think it was when it was a Force Awakens came out, uh-huh. I also saw uh, uh, Fury Road. Okay. And I said I don't know which one's better. And Dan Telfer tweeted at me. He goes. Why would you? Why would you even bring it up? That's why'd true, you just I like guess. them both? And I was like, excellent point, excellent point. So that's true. Okay. Yeah, I like it for different reasons, and I get to. So yeah, yeah. I also love Fury Road with the power of the sun. So <laughs> witness me. Anyway, so hey, uh, we are over an hour, my friend. All right, but I, uh, this is so fun. This Thank was you. really fun. Sal, Sal Kalani, you guys. Uh, Sal S A L C A L A N N I on Twitter at Sal Kalani. Uh, there's selkalani.com. There is uh, the new album, Little, Little da- Dago. Little Dago, you guys. D A G O. Don't let <laughs> that censored That's iTunes how it's spelled. <laughs> that's how it's spelled, you guys. If you're going to spell your racial slurs, spell them right. And it's the nicer slur. I mean, the Italians, it's the nicer of the slurs. What do you, wasn't it without papers? Wasn't that's that? the bad one. That's Wap the bad is one. the bad one. Guinea's okay. Dago, Paisan, those are all right. Paisan is okay. What's what's Paisan even mean? That's just like your your buddy. Your that's paisan. what I thought. Yeah. Any Italian nice. comic I text all the time, like, hey, Paisan. That's the first thing I'll all say. All right. Well, so. what, you know that Sebastian uh, Man- Man- Manicotti guy? I've worked guy? with Sebastian Maniscalco. Brett Ernst is another Italian. Joe okay. Bartnick. Those, 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 not, many, not as many Italians as you think in showbiz, I feel. Well, and stand there, up. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying. Next generation. Everyone wants us to Keep be goombas, breeding. you know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Disappointed. All right. Thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, and Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> 
my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?